With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back to episode 133 of the boys of 161st Street. The Yankees just played two games against the Twins. We're recording this a little early before game three. We cannot stay up that late. I'm traveling to LBI this weekend, and yeah, we just don't want to go up that Stay up that late for the game. That'd be way, way, way too late. So we're recording this now just to let you guys know. We won't be talking about that last game. We'll talk about that game on the next episode, but we have a lot to cover anyway that doesn't relate to that game since there was a little bit of a sticky gate, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> with uh, Garrett Cole. We're going to dive into that. And a few other things. So before we get started with that, how are we doing, boys? Fantastic. Hey, same old, same old here. Can't complain. Yeah. So why don't we just get right into it? Because we have a lot to talk about here. We're also going to take a few voicemails, too. And, and for those listening who didn't send the voicemails in, a lot of people sent us voicemails for the voicemail episode last week. So we have a couple more for this one. I think we're just going to keep it going as a recurring thing on this show if we get enough voicemails we'll do them at the back end of the show as a little bit of a we used to do dms at the end of the show so we might as well just use that for voicemails so we got three for today if you want to call in and leave a voicemail voicemail line is 914-469-2168 save the contact in your phone for future reference 161 boys hotline give us a call and you have that memorized i do have that memorized god so you're such a beast leave that <laughs> <laughs> leave us a voicemail whenever you want to uh, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling good, if you're just feeling, <laughs> however you want to do, leave us a voicemail. Let, make sure to leave your name and where you're from so we can shout you out and we can save your contact so we know who's calling next time if you're calling more than once. But yeah, a lot to talk about. So why don't we get it started with the Cole situation? So Cole was called out by Josh Donaldson, washed up, pussy ass Josh Donaldson. I mean, he just wanted to throw blame somewhere because he hasn't been hitting the ball very well and specifically hasn't been hitting the ball very well off of Garrett Cole. I don't think he has a hit for his career against Garrett Cole, if I'm not mistaken. Chandler, you want to fact check he me on that? He does not. He does not. So I think he was just throwing shade and specifically at Garrett Cole, which I'm not really sure why just him. I mean, I, I know why he was called out. It's because he's really fucking good. He's making a lot of money. So he's just exactly what Cole called it. Cole called it low-hanging fruit and it's... He, of course, he's going to get blamed because he's the one making all the money and he's the one who's just dominating people this year and every year. So the, the main reason why them. and we're about to play them. So it was top of mind. And he has since said that like kind of kind of backstepped his comments before the game against Garrett Cole and said, you know, since then he was basically saying that Cole was the first and he has his analytics team of everybody is fucking whoever figuring it out for him. But he was the first, and then since then, 10 other people have dropped in 
spin rate from since since they started threatening the whole ten game suspension thing. Specifically, I know Tyler Glass now <laughs> was down in almost everything. He was down one hundred and seventy two percent on his curveball, seventy five percent on his four seam, and ninety nine on his slider. But regardless, it's it's happening, and this isn't a shock to anybody. It's always been a thing in the MLB. It's the only difference is, and and David Cohen said this. Shout out David Cohn is that we just can now track it. So that's why that we have these high speed cameras and we have everything that can track spin rate. And, you know, players know that because they have all of those things that can track it and they're using it to their advantage. They know it, what way to use it. I, this is the first time I've heard of spider tack, but I guess that's a form of pine tar or whatever the fuck it is. But, you know, it's just now that now we're cracking down on it for those who don't know why it's it's coming up now because it's existed for the life of baseball is because we can track it now and people are getting pissed because also, and Ryan Rucco said this too, and I thought this was interesting, is because offense is down at a historic rate this year too. So mm-hmm. hitters are getting pissed because they're losing the battle. So that's why this situation came about. That was your little recap of the whole sitch. And yeah, well, what's your guys' take on the situation? It pisses me off that he like cares that much. Like I don't have a problem with whistleblowers in the MLB or whatever, right? Like Mike fires what he did for calling out the Astros, everything like that. Awesome. But this is just like so fake mad just to try and seem like one of baseball's do good guys. Like this has, this has been around forever. Go watch the movie major league. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. You know, pretty popular baseball movie. It came out in 1989. There's a whole 10-minute fucking section of them making fun of it. The guy's, like, wiping Vagisil off his neck and shit. I mean, <laughs> your own teammate, Michael Pineda, got caught with it on live TV in a rivalry game on ESPN. Like, this isn't news, dude. I don't know why. If you want to crack down on it, crack down on it. I don't give a shit. But don't try and act like you're some hero saving baseball by calling out Garrett Cole. It's a league-wide issue, and it has been for 100 years. Just shut the fuck up. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I don't know his stats this year, but it may have something to do with him just not doing well. And like said about 250. OK, so I mean, like Josh Donaldson has been on his way down for a while now, um, ever since his MVP year. But that could be a reason why he just like, you know what? I need some attention on me and I'm not doing too well. So let me make a change that will hopefully help my own self. Um, that's why I made a statement. But I feel like calling out Garrett Cole was. Um, again, low hanging fruit, but, and like the most direct person that and the most like bigger name person that has had some skepticism of using, using it before. So I get that's I guess that's why he's doing it. And we were about to play them, but even, even if you did call him out and all that stuff happened, uh, Garrett Cole didn't have the best response when he was asked oh. the question. Well, <laughs> he, he could have handled that a lot better. Yeah, the interview was what blew that up. If yeah. he just responded that with no or like, you know, it's been around it's been, for a while, and it's been just, around for a while, like it is what it is. Dude, he, it he said died, nothing. He, he said nothing he for like ten seconds for a solid seven seconds, stare at the camera, <laughs> and then just like, ah. Bro. um, I don't, I don't know, I I, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know quite, I don't quite know how to answer that, to be honest. Um, I mean. I I legit thought my phone was broken because I was like, why isn't this, I thought it was paused. I was like, why is it not loading? What's up with my Wi-Fi? Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> God damn it, dude. I just got new Wi-Fi and we're going to do this bullshit. And then he said, 
I don't know how to answer that. Oh, that's also Yankees PR team. What the fuck are you guys doing? Come on, yeah, now. somebody's got to prep him. You on gotta that. say like, something. Hey, hey, like somebody noticed that your spin rate's down. They called you out. You might want to have an answer ready for when they ask you about spider tack or any type of sticky substance that you're using. And like, it's it's literally like just go up to him and be like, hey, we know you're using this. Just let's 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 try and fluff this up and answer it in a more professional manner rather than just pausing and then saying, you know, I mean, here's my question to you guys. Would you have rather him answer the way he let's say he didn't pause and he just answered and said, you know, yes, I've been used. He didn't he didn't say yes, but he said yes. He all but said yes. Would you have rather him done that in a more, you know, complete way or just straightforward way? Or would you rather him lie? I would have either okay, so here's the thing. If you're gonna lie, stick to it and but just stop using it. We all know what I would have liked to have seen him say or you know, heard from him is just, yeah, I've used it. Everybody has. This is not news. It's a league wide thing. If they want to crack down on it, I'll stop using it. But I mean, I've been doing it my whole career. The guys that mentored me used it. The guys who mentored them used it. If you want to get pissed off at it now, fine. I'll stop and I'll still, you know, win the Cy Young. I, I think it was really just the pause that did it for me. It was the yeah. t- it was a ten second pause and then him saying, <laughs> uh, "I don't know how to answer that." After having ten seconds to think about it, so I feel like that in itself was just terrible. Um, Especially I, for a guy that's smart. Yeah, like I, it. It kind of like I feel like his whole career was flashing before his eyes at that ten second <laughs> moment. He was like, "What do I say?" Because I feel like. The rules right now of the reg- of like the policies and cracking down on it are just not set in stone yet. So if he did admit it right there, then maybe like two weeks later they're like, we're suspending everybody who used it over the last year and a half. Like MLB could do that and fuck over everything. So I feel like it was better off he didn't flat out say I used it, even though everyone did use it. It's kind of like steroids. Like everyone used steroids, but no one used steroids, quotation marks for people who are listening. You said that. And there's been articles out there that have been talking about that and calling it the new steroids. And I don't know how much I agree with that. I don't don't think it's comparable. I don't think it's comparable. I I think it is comparable in the way that it it is giving one side. It's a pitcher version of steroids in a sense because it's giving the advantage to the pitcher. And it's making balls move like wiffle balls because. But pitchers also have, use steroids in a steroid era, though. Like that's it was, true. So it was a now pit, thing. I can kind of see why batters are getting a little bit pissed off because they lost steroids, and, and pitchers just found their kind of version that's going to move a ball like steroids. It's it's not going to make you throw faster. Well, yeah, actually, it is going to make you throw faster too because the RPMs will make it go faster. Yeah. So honestly, I, I can see the argument that calls it the new steroids, and you know I've seen articles too that are talking about it being it's ruining the game of baseball, and it's. I don't know if I'd go that far, but you know, then again, I don't really know because we haven't really seen anything different. So I don't, I don't agree with it ruining baseball because the baseball has been like this forever. So yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that, I think now that we know people are acting like they, we just started doing it. Like the steroid era was primarily in a, in a contained time frame. It was yeah. during this year to this year, people were really running rampant and using steroids. We've always been using pine tar, so I wouldn't necessarily say that it's ruining baseball because I get I guess baseball's always been ruined is what they should have been saying because yeah. we don't we don't know the difference when they didn't use it. Well, I think this is uh, go ahead, Damon. I was just saying I think that the like episodes we episode like previous episodes we talked about you know strikeout rates going up, runs going runs going down, batting average going down. I feel like 
MLB is just like, we know people are using this sticky pine tar spider shit. So maybe now's a good time to crack down on it, down on it because the league wide batting average is at an all time low. Let's help out the batters a little bit. I feel like that's a change in philosophy of the game, though. This isn't is like it? the 70s, 80s, where you get paid for hitting 312 but having four home runs. If you hit 312 with four home runs, you're going to be the nine-hole hitter, and you might even be forced off the team. Like Nobody cares about batting average anymore. You have all the other metrics to go by. Everybody cares about launch angle, stuff like that, lower batting averages. I think it's more of a change in the philosophy of the game rather than that. And just couple that with the fact that people are getting better. Like, DeGrom's throwing 102 in his 30s. <laughs> and they were outspoken that he didn't use it, and I believe he didn't I use it. I believe that. I don't, I, don't, I don't think – so you look at you look at DeGrom. DeGrom looks like a nice guy who wouldn't lie or anything like that. Cole looks a little bit evil in a way, but like, like a good evil in he's, our – He's seen the dark he's, side. He's the he's, villain he's of – because coming from the Astros, yeah. he's sort of like the villain. So you could see him, and he's also been the guy <laughs> who is just – well, so is DeGrom. But DeGrom just seems a lot – nicer of a face if that makes sense cole that more, also more another innocent, thing too more innocent. Cole, cole also shows his emotions and screams and all of that shit and degrom doesn't do any of that so that's probably why i i see him as more of a a hero than a villain and cole being a villain but and i think that's why it's easier to call out a guy like cole because he's he'll beat you and he'll he'll let you know I don't know. I don't even know that he'll let you know. He's it's a weird thing with him. He, he doesn't he doesn't down. say like Max Scherzer type shit where he's just like, You're mine, motherfucker, but he will like look through your soul. Did you see his little and that's his arguably worth thing like, at the that, end? Little shit like that. Little shit like tipping the cap after striking out Josh Donaldson. No, it wasn't twice. I don't think it was a tip. It was like pretending to grab the the sticky side of the grip. Well, that's he was like, interesting. He was like that. Was, I thought it was tipping the cap. I thought he was tipping the cap, but he also stared through his soul. He but made I, sure. I thought he was grabbing his brim, like touching it, and then like wiping it, like he was grabbing more stickies. Because that's that's where it was found on the brim of his hat. So I feel like that. No, was I don't him think saying that's that. what he was doing. I don't no. think. He, I think he was just tipping the cap, like, "Hey, you called me out." Either way, either way, I'm, cool. I'm proving you that I can I can shut you the fuck up. And and Cohen was talking about it too on on the air. He was saying, you know, because there were the comments too before of Kay saying. And and people were taking that out of context too with what Kay said. Kay was saying, if I am Garrett Cole, everybody knows Kay's a nut job. So if Garrett Cole was Michael Kay on the mound, Michael Kay would have thrown it in the ribs because you called him out for no reason. And not for no reason, but you called him out when it's a league wide issue for hundred years. There was no reason to call out anyone specifically by name. And it, that was taken out of context saying that he should throw out his ribs, which you could take this out of context if you want to. I don't give a shit. I'm not a professional. I wanted him to throw out his ribs, and I think he should have thrown out his ribs, and that would have been fun to see. But I do think it was handled better this way. And and Cohn was saying the same thing. He was saying, you know, you could you could have did the chin music and thrown it up and in or at his ribs or something like that, which he prepared for because he had the fucking Kevlar vest basically on because he's a big old bitch. But you could do that, or you could just strike him out and show that you've still got the stuff and you could do it even without the fucking spider attack. And I think that's way better of a yeah. way to go. Like see, now seeing how that the went. Suspension that he would have gotten had he thrown at him. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that would have solved anything. I think that would have just I think if he threw at him, that would be almost admit not everybody knows he did it, but I think that's more admitting guilt and like showing that you, it, that got to you, that you got yeah. you're pissed off that you got called out. I think the best way to go about it was just striking him the fuck out and then 
twice and and then letting him pop out yeah. and just showing you're not you're you're a nobody to me and like you said in the interview too i got much bigger things to worry about he kind of settled in in the interview at the end and he said some good things like low-hanging fruit i got a lot bigger things to worry about than this guy talking about this and he did mention the thing about it being passed down from older players to newer players and stuff like that but yeah i think he he, he answered it in in the best way possible on yeah. the field. And well, here's the best way to gauge it to me. If Nate Evaldi came out in ALCS game seven and shut down the Yankees using spider tack on his fingers, which I know it's laughable right now to think the Yankees will be in ALCS game seven, but <clears throat> if he came out and did that and he shut down the Yankees for eight innings, I don't think anybody here would be pissed off. And I don't think any Yankee fan would be pissed off they would be like oh that fucking cheater like, everybody be like oh yeah it's part of the game our ace is doing it too like if he did that it'd be tip the cap you know if Aldi shit down our throat that's what it is i don't think it tarnishes anybody's legacy i guess is what i'm trying to say i think yeah the the narrative that it's up there with steroids is absolutely fucking ridiculous because as no it's just not like you can't take away somebody's legacy for doing something that's been being done for a hundred plus years. Yeah. It's and literally the, I, in a 1989 movie. 1989? It was 30. Yeah, I, and the ago. idea, like I said before, just to reiterate, the idea of steroids is you have one year where things are at, at this median or this mean, and then one year something spikes, and then you go back down to that once it's removed from – it's it's just science. Like this isn't any any spike or whatsoever. It's just a constant, this is what we've been dealing with. We can now track it. And one little thing that I saw on Twitter from Foolish Baseball – great account great youtube page if you want to see some cool youtube videos but he saw that garrett cole averaged 98.2 miles per hour on his fastball tonight which is the highest velocity he's averaged for a start for his entire career so he was throwing those fuck you fastballs and he was getting them on and getting them right over and he was just he was mowing them down and they have the numbers which obviously everybody knew the spin rate numbers were going to come out after tonight and all eyes were on that that was literally in the baseball world and kind of outside the baseball world must see TV too. Yeah. Like that, uh, that was the most excited I have been for a Yankees game this year. Yeah. Even though, even with us playing this bad, I think it's just because that's the fun part about this. I was talking about this with you, Damon before was that the fun part about baseball is the game, but also the storylines behind it. And, you know, when the Astros shit was happening, that's fun. I don't, not fun for the Astros, but it's fun because that's the storyline. It's like a drama series, and then they they go on the field and they they handle shit there. But this this is this is fun. I'm, I look forward to seeing more of this going forward because this makes baseball entertaining, and it's literally it's entertainment, and that's what it is right now. And so the spin rate numbers came out last night, and everybody's specifically looking at the four seam fastball. So the four seam fastball from 2020 to 2021, just kind of lump the two together. Um, was 2534 2534 rpms last start that everybody was freaking out about or specifically donaldson was freaking out about was 2436 so it was about a 100 difference which cone was saying is not a big deal donaldson has his people that are saying 100 150 is a huge deal over the course of a few years is a big deal to make that kind of change let alone from one start so last night it was 2493 rpm which is right about where it was before, just a little bit below. So, I mean, it was 30 below. It, it, he, was, he was on par with what he was averaging. So there was nothing to be said. And, and you have to believe that he was not using any substance last night because the whole entire world was looking at him. 
Like yeah. you, you don't have nobody has the. It's not even the balls. I was gonna say he doesn't have the balls to do that. Nobody's that dumb to. That's like this during the steroid era. Barry Bonds is being called out for steroids, and he walks out onto the onto home plate and sticks a needle in his ass before he goes up to bat, and is like, "Hey." I'm doing it and I'm going to keep doing it. Like that's the same thing. So I, I guarantee he was not using, ster- using steroids. He was not using any, any spider tack or anything sticky last night. And the RPMs were, were good. And, and his fastballs were the fastest they've ever been consistent, consistently, not just one top fastball. Like Chapman hits one Oh three, one night, his, his yeah. average fastball velocity was 98.3. That's pretty I, fucking fast. I just think it came at a bad time for Cole because his, Previous two starts weren't his best. Well, that's so, what made him an easy target. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Like because those two starts starts weren't his best. Donaldson again, low hanging fruit, kind of stole the opportunity to do it. So, um, you know, it, it could have he could have made a change previously uh, throughout the season, and that's why. But um, we'll never know because he had a fucking phenomenal night last night. All right, do you want to get into hot or not? We, do we kind of beat a dead more, horse on that. One more thing on Donaldson, just. Be careful of who you're listening to. The man's 35 years old and has a pretty below average JV high school baseball player haircut and nickname. <laughs> he calls himself the fucking Rainbringer. He's 35 uh, years bringer old. Of rain. Bringer he, of rain. Well, he, bringer of rain. You know what I mean? I was using it. I was adjusting it to fit the context. Yeah. But, I mean, he calls himself the bringer of rain. And he has a fucking douchey haircut. You're 35, man. Let it rest. He's a pussy. All right, let's get into hot or not. So, first on the hots, first on the hots is Miguel and Duhar. Five homers. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't decide who's doing the hots. So, who's going to do the hots? I think Damon did the. I did the. Uh, I did the knots last time. You do the hots this time, and we're going to have oh. Chandler. All right. So, ready? So, Miguel and Duhar, five homers last eight games, three fifty one. No, 315 batting average against righties, which is pretty interesting. In the month of June, he's hitting 296, slugging 741 for an OPS of 1.05. We buying or selling this, Damon? I am buying all of it. Buying all of it? All the yeah, Doge? All the Doge. All the Miggy Doge coin? All, all right, Doge Garrett Cole. There. Garrett Cole was on the not list before, but he's back on the hot list because he showed the fuck up and showed the fuck out. Against Josh Donaldson, spin rate dipped a bit, but last night, like I said before, came right back up to whatever RPMs I said before. That's enough nerdy stats for me. Average fastball velocity, like I said, 98.2. Fastest of his career, throwing those fuck you fastballs, and retired that little bitch three times after being a little snitch. We buying or selling? Garrett Cole's back. I mean, I don't think he ever left. I'm, I'm not worried about Garrett Cole whatsoever. Never left buying it. Is that a super buy? Of course, right? Of course it's a buy. Of course. Gary Sanchez, 353 batting average in the last 14 days, 188 WRC plus over the last 14 days, and yeah. Not enough for me yet to buy, to buy all in. Not enough? Not enough. They're selling it? Yeah. All right. That'll do it for my hots. So you bought Anduhar, buying up all the Dogecoin. That was almost... It was the only like real buy. When I go through these, I expect to do I do one that's like okay, he's gonna buy this. One that's a super buy usually, and another one that's kind of iffy, so that we have a little bit of more of a of a. I don't want to just give you three that are just like oh, buy Aaron Judge, buy Cole, buy this, buy that. So with Andujar, I I think it's a fun conversation to have now. And you saw yesterday in the game that 
Clint comes off the bench in a when the game's a blowout. I fucking think Andujar has taken his job in left field because he's playing. He's not out. playing a good. He's not playing a good outfield, but he's playing well enough in the outfield. And the bat is the one of the only bats we have on this team that's hitting. So you, I think he's he's absolutely not only taking Clint's job, but I think it's almost taken. You you cannot take that guy out of left field right now. There, I said there's that no world. Um, like three weeks ago, and I thought Damon was gonna burn me up the stake. What? That Miggy was going to take Clint's job soon. And I thought Damon was going to drive to South Carolina, <laughs> rent a car, drive to South Carolina and like smother me in my Listen, sleep. it's been it's been a tough <laughs> it's been a tough time for me to stay away from the Clint fandom cuz I do want him to do well, but I mean, I also want Miggy to do well too. There's no part of me I didn't want him to do well, but I just wanted Clint to do even better, but that's not the case right now. And Miggy is the, the hottest, the, man, the hottest man in our lineup right now, and I you, you cannot take him out right now. There is, I mean, five no homers world. in the last eight games, and one thing I did notice that was interesting was the three fifteen batting average against righties because he is a righty. So I think you know the see this is interesting too because a lot of interesting things here, Chandler. But you know they love to look at the lefty righty splits and and. Sometimes they don't look at the splits, and sometimes they just do lefty righty switch. Like you, you it, I'm going to put in a lefty if you have on a righty, because we've we've seen before last year. Clint was getting pinch hit for, even though his his numbers are better against the same side. So I just want to point this out that Andujar is doing better against the same side. He's betting 3.15 against righties, and I foresee Boone to just straight up ignore that. And when he's up and a righty is on the bump, he's going to put Brett Gardner in to pinch hit for Miggy, and then they're going to say it's for defense in left field. But in reality, Andujar is actually better against the right side, and Gardner is not good against either side. So I just find that really stupid, and I just wanted to bring that up because they care more about the actual handedness of the batter versus the splits, and that just yeah. really doesn't make any fucking sense. The, the one thing I will say about Clint, though, is that it's a shame because he was batting like 300 the past week and about 300 and was like i'm not gonna say getting hot because he's been streaky but he did have he was showing signs of life he did have that pinch hit single he did have another single last game he played hit that walk-off home run so like he has been kind of finding himself a little bit more than than usual so i'm not gonna say that you know he was on the brink of breaking out and hitting as well as miggy but it's a shame because i feel like He's still not like he was about to, you know, kind of be a little better, but there's just no spot for him right now, especially because Gardner is not doing terribly. He's he's doing enough to stay in the lineup every night. He had that clutch double last night. He was having a couple multi-hit games. I would rather see Clint out there instead of Gardner, no no doubt, but Aaron Boone's not going to do that. And no. it's a shame because I feel like Clint could really be an impact player if they kept him in the lineup more than Gardner, but... He's lefty and he's Brett Gardner and Aaron Boone loves Brett Gardner with all his heart. So it's yeah, a shame. to me, I keep I still have Clint in the lineup every night and I just put him or Judge in center field. I just I don't think that Brett Gardner should be out there ever, other than for maybe a defensive replacement and like a playoff game. But I don't know. That would be my solution to getting them both in the lineup. You don't want to take out a hot bat either way. It's very obvious, but Aaron Boondrews will never – he doesn't trust anyone else in center field for some reason. I mean, 
I need, think we ju- need a center fielder. Judge has been we perfectly do, do. fine out there. I don't really. Uh, well, here's a question for you: If we do go out and get a center fielder, does Andahar still start every day? Probably not, and I think that's annoying. I think that was something that I actually wanted to talk about. So I'm glad you brought that up. Is because um, left field for Miggy seems to be the only spot that we can really play him since you know Giancarlo. I mean, honestly, the way this is probably going to shake out is that Miggy is going to get most, if not, uh, I'd say most starts in left field at this point. Now that we're at first, we thought to ourselves that left field is probably going to split it with, you know, Clinton and everything. But I think he's playing him in, into that left field starting job, which is crazy to say out loud. But I think on the days that he doesn't start in left field, I think that's probably going to line up with the day that Giancarlo needs that scheduled off day. So he has the DH spot available for him. So I think we might be looking at Miggy being able to play nearly every day because it's just throwing him around from place to place. I don't see him playing third base. I don't want to see him play third base. I I think Gio plays fine there and DJ can switch over to third sometimes too. And the more reps now feel the better. You can't fuck him up with a below average fielder like that. I also don't want to see him play first base. I know they toyed with that idea. That's just not, I mean, I I know firsthand I reference softball a lot. When you have a bad first baseman, everything else falls to shit. We threw the guy who actually, I hope he's not listening to the podcast. He doesn't give a shit about baseball, which shows because he's not. We just took the guy who absolutely can't do anything. It was like, oh, let's just throw him at first base. Like, no. You have to throw that ball perfectly on a line at his fucking chest, and he still might miss it, and that's kind of how Miggy is. So how about I, Jay Bruce? There you go. Exactly. So don't play an out-of-position first baseman. And honestly, I thought about this before, just while they're on the topic of first baseman. I'll, I'll hold this off because we have a voicemail about first baseman, so I'll hold off on that. Do you want to get into the knots? Yes. What about also Gary? Uh, oh, yeah. Gary, you said not enough on Gary. 188 WSC Plus over the last 14 days is pretty good. Um, I yeah. did notice something that kind of plays with the not buying it, and I was going to bring this up after that. Um he might be getting a little bit lucky because his, his BABIP is 500 and that is batting average and balls in play. So that means every ball he's putting in play, he's getting a hit half the time. So that's bringing up his batting average because of that, which is 353 in the last 14 days. So basically he's, he's they're falling for him right now. And BABIP is a good way of, of seeing, you know, is the player getting lucky or are they not getting lucky? Because, and honestly, that's, we're going to start doing a segment. I forgot to tell you about this channel. So this is news to you as well. Um, we're going to do a, call, a segment at the end of the episodes. Usually today it's going to be here, but stat talk. And it's just going to be bringing up because there's a lot of stats out there in the world, Chandler. And we're going to start to, we are kind of a, a stat pod, but we don't like to do too much of it. And I know Damon knows nothing about the stats. He's just a caveman in that regard. So I think we're all going to break, break the, Break the barrier on this together, one one by one. It's going to be little lessons. So at the end, I feel like Murph learned how to use a computer in like <laughs> January of last year. So, so it's, it's going to be, be a fun team experiment. I like mean, if we, get, if we could get all some, jumping up together, if we could get some pictures, I'm all for it. If we get oh, some, I got pictures, some, some imagery. I'm a visual learner. So Not we, today. I'll I'll have yeah, it prepared so for next time. We can get some but... images and then some, you know, a, a, a key. That that'd be that'd be great. Yeah. So today's lesson, they're gonna be little lessons we're gonna learn together, you guys and us. And then that, the the best part about it is once we learn one of them, 
we can use it for future podcasts and our listeners will also know what we're talking about. So that's it. So BABIP today is the life lesson. Usually at the end of these, not life lesson, <laughs> at the end of these. Could be a life lesson. Yeah, sure. At the end of these, I'm going to ask you guys to guess who's the highest and who's the lowest on the Yankees for this, the stat that I would just explain. But today I don't have that pulled up, but going, I'm just going to tease the segment, but his BABIP is 500. And that is a good way to, in, to tell you, you like to use the BABIP and the batting average to try and figure out like, Oh, is he getting lucky? Is he not getting lucky? Because if his batting BABIP is lower than his batting average, then he's getting a little bit unlucky and it, the batting average will come up soon, ideally based on the expected stats and then vice versa. But he also has a 43% K percentage, which is not very good. So he's either striking out or getting a hit. But, you know. Yeah. I mean, we'll I, I I love to see him doing well. Um, I just think that I just need to see a little more consistency out of him to actually completely buy in to Gary Sanchez right now. Um, I feel like as Yankee fans, like most of the people out there are just like, Forget about Gary Sanchez for three months because he's doing terribly, and then he has one good week, and then everyone Gary's back. Gary's yeah. back. Gary, we've been saying that for five fucking years. So I'm not. I'm not entirely sold on him. I want him to do amazing. I think he is one of the more talented hitters in the uh, raw talented hitters in the offense. Um, but he just needs to get it going. Um, I will say though. I wish that Boone managed this a little bit better with Stan coming back because Gary was doing well, has been doing well for a week or so now. And at the same time that Stan is doing his rehab days or whatever. So you see Gary Sanchez getting hot and he's a guy you need to play every day. If he's getting hot, you need to find a way to have him in a DH spot during Stanton's rehab um, off day. I know Stan had a fucking amazing night last night, hit two home runs, but that's besides the point. Like you want Gary Sanchez in there to continue to get hot. And I feel like you need to kind of manage that a little bit better when Stan's coming back from rehab. I need to see for Gary. I need to see this, not this exact level of production. Cause you know, 500 batting average balls in play, not sustainable. Hey, look but at you. I just, you know, I need to I need to see this over a couple months. Right now, it seems like one of those stretches that the Gary lovers are going to come back to in September once his batting average dips below 150 for the season. Be like, dude, he's capable of it. Look at fucking the look June. at that one week. Yeah, look at June assholes. He's the best hitter on Do you the remember team. Remember 2016? Yeah, like or the people that use 2019 as like he's an MVP just sleeping. He's a sleeping giant. Like he had a decent Who first two that? months. You don't see that? Like he's it's a sleeping all giant. Not a sleeping giant. I'm just saying. People that was think- a that was a state park at our at our school. Shout out Quinnipiac. Either way. I actually but- funny, it was a thing that everybody did our at our school at some point. I have never hiked the giant. I've hiked it like ten times. You're the man, dude. I am the Damn, man. You look, like, more... you look like somebody who would hike. And he's would a just... lot more outdoorsy than you. Yeah, he looks like he would make his own granola. I don't even know how to how would even start. <laughs> you, you, you're one of those who goes to, where is it, uh, Whole Foods, and you go to the, what's that What's that uh, comedy skit where he's like, yeah, we have the uh, the uh, ethers right next to the uh, the bath soap. All right, I'm not a like... fucking hippie. I've never been, I've been to Whole Foods like twice in my entire life. Do you know life. what I'm talking about, though? What, no, who, I don't. What, which comedy skit was that? Amazing happy hour at Whole Foods, by the way. Happy hour at Whole Foods? What do you mean? Used to go all the time. There was one in... uh, There's a bar in Whole Foods? Oh, great. Was that a a Florida specialty? 
the happy no, hour. It's, it's <laughs> I don't Venice. think we have that here. I haven't been in many Whole Foods. Dude, before. come to Florida with me. I'm going. Is this it weekend. where they? Is it where they get the smoothies? Like, there's a smoothie no. bar. Is no, it it's not also the smoothies. No, it's at the bar. There's a like there's a bar. There's a bar in Whole Foods, and you go. You can get a cheese board. They're half price during what? happy hour. Hold on, they've got the pizza <laughs> shop right next to it. You can go grab a slice of pizza, cheese board, and then it's like five dollar beers. Maybe we should go to Whole Foods. We got go Whole, Foods Whole Foods next to us. I don't know. If I know, but got, the city got happy I, hour. You said five dollar beers. You think city prices are inflated at Whole Foods too? Like, there's a bar a bar near you in East Bumblefuck is cheaper than a bar. Charleston in, is not in New York East city. Bumblefuck. This is a pretty big town, but everything in the city is more expensive. So I'm assuming no, the agree. Whole Foods bar. I mean, if it's I not, see. then we found the loophole. And we're getting. Drunk I saw a uh, a special. Speaking of East Bumblefuck, I saw a special at a bar right down the street from me the other day. That was a dollar seventy five Tall Boy Budweisers. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! And it said, "Gotta check that for ketamine." It said, "Happy hour all day Monday through Sunday." So <laughs> <laughs> that's like that's like we'll get. I swear we'll get the Yankees in a second. But that's like uh, when you go. There was a at, at our school. There was that uh, Kumo, the sushi place. And it was like their prices were always 50% off. And there's a big sign that said 50% off, uh, like a sale. Like to, it was like a today sale. And their menu says, let's say, $8 for a roll. And there was always $4 for a roll. But they're, it, it's almost as if you were driving through, through town. You'd be like, oh, look, that's a half price today. But if you live there every day, you notice that it's always half price. So there's <laughs> yeah. no, it's not really a sale. So it's just yeah. that, that was my little connection. I miss college. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do the knots. All right, so on to the knot segment. Who's doing this? Chandler's doing this. So yeah. first on the on the knot list is the counterpart to Gary Sanchez, Kyle Higashioka. Over the last fourteen days, one eighty eight batting average with a one. Yes, you heard me. One OPS plus. One. One. Like just one. the number one. Like one higher I than didn't... zero know that that was possible i you mean you get negative too so yeah oh yeah that's true um bye and he has a 444 ops not good yeah no i i fully expected that unfortunately yeah. uh chad green last 14 days he has a 544 fip and a 635 era i'm buying that all right, that's all I have for the knots today. Not, not, <laughs> not too much. I didn't have much time for research, but we talked a lot about other stuff. So I did want to dive into that. We kind of talked about it a little bit too with Higgy, and we. So you bought both those, saying that they're both going to be bad. Yeah, well, Higgy, we've never expected him to be. An we expected that this wizard. to come down. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to be OPSing in the twos forever. That's just not going to happen. But. Uh, the main argument for Higgy coming into the season was if Gary is as bad as he has been, his defense is so much better that it's worth having him. But if he's hitting like this, then it's time to reopen that conversation. That's this is what question. we expected. Yeah. That's what we expected, though, was it to come down to about this level. And that's where he is, and it's where he has been his whole career. So, yeah, it's not surprising to me at all. I 100% buy that. And then, I think this is what makes it a conversation, and – you know, a couple of days ago, not days ago, like a month ago when Higgy was hitting the cover off the ball and he was playing with like his OPS was not, his OPS plus wasn't a one, it was like a 350 or something like that, which is ridiculous. And we knew that that's not the player that he is going to be forever. He's going to come back down to the the mean. He's going to be the player that Kyle Gashioka is, defensive wizard, and he just will do 
okay with the stick in his hands. But I think that's what when when you go back to when we were talking about this before, and Higgy was doing it on both sides of the plate. Then we don't even have a conversation. People, that's what we were talking about. There's no conversation. They like start Higgy every day. And now that he's doing the not offensive thing, because now you have the alter egos. One guy is the, the offensive guy. The other guy is the defensive guy. And that's why we have this conversation. That's why this conversation is probably never going to go anywhere. I think it's always going to be them splitting time. I don't think Higgy is doing bad enough to just go out of that conversation. I think he had like three hits last night. Yeah, I'm just saying, I don't think over the course of the last 14 days, it was this, but I, yeah. and he, and maybe tonight, by the time people are hearing this, we haven't talked about the last game. Maybe he, he plays again today. Probably Gary's going to get the start tonight. Should. He, he had the start last night, but I don't know. Going forward, I foresee this to be the solution. I think it's, it's, it's going to be a split. And I don't yeah. think, I think we should just stop talking about this conversation of like, Oh, who's going to be the starter now because it's just always going to be a split i think well i just i just don't see i know it's just i'm one more thing it's just because whenever like they're always going to be the the archetype of a player they are one is always going to be they're going to go through lulls and ebbs and flows and they're one that's going to do well offensively for a time and then one's going to do bad offensively time but i think overall the players with their streaks taken out are just going to be the these players like, it's just going to be a split i think that's it's all yeah I'm saying. i i don't i don't see i don't see higgy doing bad enough to have gary catch and i don't see gary doing good enough for him to catch over higgy when cole's pitching yeah so with chad green you bought green too you think green's gonna be this bad i don't he's, think he's gonna be that bad but he has not been the same pitcher since 2017 really i mean he's kind of slowly regressed and he'll have spells where he goes off for five games, 10 games, but I, I think his regression is real, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't believe it, he'll be this bad, but I think it's starting to become where he's not that locked down late inning guy that we used to have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe we'll, I want to see more of a sample size and maybe we'll take a look at his spin he was rates. Bad last maybe, year. maybe he was one of the people who's using the little spider tack. Who knows? The timeline, the timeline works out. I don't know. I'm just saying there's a possibility. Every other pitcher in the in league. In the baseball. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, but his spin rate's always been that heavy ball, and it's been – that's what we had this whole conversation, another episode. So maybe maybe he is. Maybe he was the, the ringleader behind <laughs> behind this whole – this sticky gate, whatever you want to call it. So we'll, I, let's move on. So another thing that I thought was interesting that Chandler actually brought up was – the next manager of the Yankees. And I think, you know, we talked about it amongst ourselves, but let's tell the people. And we put out that post out and everybody voiced their opinion. And most people, I think 90% of you, that's why I love doing polls. Polls are so fun. And thank you for voting on the poll because we get a good, uh, a good sense of where you guys are at. So a lot of people think CC should be the next manager or just at least agree with our, our question. And we know that he's he's probably not going to do it. He doesn't. He's a voice that he doesn't want to. And I just think the reason for bringing it up, I think he'd be great. I think he'd be everything that you want in a manager. I think he would be a player's coach. He'd fight for his guys. He has the respect of nearly everybody, if not everybody, aside from like Avicel Garcia, who he pointed to and said, that's for you, bitch. Uh, everybody else respects the guy. 
and I don't think there's a person who wouldn't want to go to go to fucking war for CC. And he'd be a great pitching coach. Maybe he'd be the pitching coach instead of the manager, but I would love him to be the manager of the Yankees. I think he'd just be fucking awesome, but I don't think he'll do it. I think he's oh, ha- he's very happy with what he's yeah. doing. Maybe maybe later on in life that we we, we forget about CC for a little bit. Once and then his kids ten are years grown. pass, yeah, ten years pass by, and then it's just like, oh, CC Sabathia. It's like a Boone situation, except a lot better at his job. I, I mean, yeah, I I mean I would love it. It's awesome on paper, and I think if. You know, if he was offered it or in a perfect world, he'd be offered it and he would take it and everybody would love it. There's just no, I, there's no way he would take it, but it's fun to think about. And I'd, I'd rather have him as a manager over the pitching coach. I actually like Matt Blake a lot. I think he's doing a really yeah, good job. I just, God, could you imagine that? Could you imagine what happened the other night with CC? He was getting pissed off in the bleachers. From the, yeah. From the bleachers. <laughs> I, I I almost thought he was gonna run out for him because that's the thing that's that he just will always be there for you to fire fire up the team. He will never it'll never be fake with him. We've talked about that before as like it seemed cheesy with the savage in the box or whenever Boone seems to get ejected, it seems to be you know staged or on purpose or he doesn't actually care. He just feels like he needs to. CC genuinely gives a shit. He's at the games in the dugout, not in the dugout right in the stands, like everybody else with his family. And he's standing up like, what the fuck was that? And you see Boone and he's not, he's not doing shit. He's just slapping his gum. Like Chandler said, but I don't know, man, I think it'd be fun. I don't think he'll do it, but I don't know. I think it's inevitable though, that we're at come 2022, we're going to have a new coach, right? Yeah. I mean, I I don't see his contract getting extended or picked up. No, because this is his last year and barring a world series win, which as the team sits right now, I know we've won two in a row and we've, the bats look good, but it's, it's, it's the twins. It's the worst team coupled with the Yankees, like little brother that we beat up on every year. So you take that with a grain of salt. I think that it's almost a foregone conclusion that Boone is gone at the beginning of 22. And I'm interested to see who they go after. All right, you want to get into the first voicemail? Please. Yeah. So this first voicemail comes to us from – actually, I don't know because Damon has it. But let's just let them tell us where they're from. It's uh, Jesse, <laughs> Jesse from Hartford. All right, Jesse. Let's hear it. This is Jesse from Hartford, Connecticut, and I got an idea for our team. If, and this is a big if, Freddie Freeman doesn't get his extension with the Braves, and the second he becomes a free agent, that's got to be our guy, right? I don't think Luke Voigt is necessarily the biggest problem on this team, but he hasn't really stayed on the field all that much. Freddie Freeman stays on the field. He plays every game. The dude hits. He's a 300-plus career batting average with runners in scoring position. He's a lefty hitter, which we need, with pop. He's a solid defensive first baseman. I mean. He's going to be 32 to start next season. He may want a five- or six-year deal, and that may look ugly four years from now. But those three years, I think we got to take it. Cashman can't be afraid to make some bad deals. The window is closing with this team. And if this window closes in three years, we got to do what we can to win a ship in, in those three. I think Freddie Freeman's our guy. Love the pod, fellas. So he said Cashman can't be afraid to make some bad deals. I don't think. Oh, he he's is. not. He's not. <laughs> That's the one he thing is. I took out of that. He's not. Maybe he is now because he's made so many bad deals with the Stanton and, you know, 
Sunny just, Gray. Sunny Gray. All of them. Just there's been a Jacoby lot of bad news. A lot of them. Whole bag of them. But I do like the idea of Freeman. We've been talking about, you know, getting a lefty bat, and usually the lefty power bats are Yankee first baseman. We've talked about that. And they were talking about it on the on the broadcast too, and it happens all the time. We haven't had a like Teixeira was a switch hitter, but he was a lefty. You know, Tino Martinez is a lefty at first base. There's been a lot of great Yankee first basemen that should that should be like the the way we build a team. I Greg think Freddie Bird. Freeman, <laughs> Greg Bird. I think <laughs> we definitely need lefties. I definitely think Freddie Freeman is very good at baseball. He's a little bit. I think he's not doing <laughs> as as great this year, but he's definitely won the MVP last year in a shortened season. Whatever. He's always been a great hitter. He's a contact average hitter too with power. So that's something that we don't have. I think he plays pretty good defense, but it's first base. So who really gives a fuck? Um, I don't think they'll get rid of him. I think he's. I don't. I don't know. I don't see a world where the Braves let go of him, Acuna. Maybe of the three, I think Albies is the easiest to let go. But Albies has a massive extension. Don't you fucking okay, dare! Yeah, talk and so about does like that. Whatever. I'm just saying. I don't. I don't think they'll let him go. That's a big no. three that they have right there. I, if the, there's a world where. It happens, and I would be fucking ecstatic. Yeah. But I, I don't think that world is. I was, I was just telling Chandler. I was like, they're building a dynasty over there. Like yeah. they, and that's their core. Probably Dansby Swanson fits in at the lower tier of that, but that, that that's like their core for three or four players over there. And I just don't see a world where they'll sell when they're about. Oh, they could win the division with the Mets up there. And he yeah. said, and they're not doing that great this year, but everybody knows they were a game away from the World Series last year. And they, I mean, he, he mentioned the window on the on the call too. Thank you for the call, Jesse. But uh, they have a window right now, and I don't foresee them getting rid of him in their window. Our window is closing, but theirs is wide open, and that's a whole yeah, that's a whole other reason up. to keep to keep a guy that's he's just in the Braves window, and he's guy. he's a Braves guy. He's gonna he's be a Braves, Braves legend. That'd be season. like if the Yankees got rid of Derek Jeter the minute he turned thirty, right when they're trying to. I I don't know the exact team. Well, no, he's he's, he's been building he's been building that team since he's got exactly. There. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know the exact team when Derek Jeter turned thirty two. I'm just saying that would be like getting rid of the Braves equivalent of that for at the time for you know he's like he's basically just the captain he's of that team. And they don't want to pay him yeah he just yeah. looks like a brave too yeah. but the thing is too the deals on albies and acuna one both of their agents should be in prison for life because that is horrid Press both the of the they're <laughs> he's going to jail okay there we go i know you just <laughs> wanted to break that out but you didn't no. know when that would ever be used so that was a perfect perfect time and i would have no. been quick to the trigger if i had the button on me but seriously though have you seen their contracts they're like 10 years 100 million and yeah they're, two, they're, they're like, very top young players in the game so they're they very have team them friendly on affordable contracts like there's no reason they can't bring back freeman but well, if he was a yankee i'd be ecstatic absolutely yes. well they're they're both very team friendly deals and acuna and albies are like brothers they just like fucking mess with each other all day so i feel like they want to be together for their entire careers and that's why they both took these like long team-friendly deals because they want to win a championship more than they want money which what a fucking concept but whatever but also within that call you talked about Voigt getting hurt um he has been hurt for you know almost every season but he did he plays through it 
And, you know, that's kudos to him for playing through it, but he, he is hurt. So there's not, there's not enough to shit on him for not coming back and performing. No, just... no, he wants to play, but he has been getting hurt. So it's, it's different. You can't quite call him injury prone because he doesn't miss games, but he's definitely hurt. So he is a little bit on that. Yeah. Proneness. The thing is, know. it's, it's not just... magnified as much as judge or Stanton. Cause he's, he's playing. Well, even if he plays, he's not, he's, he's not the caliber that they are. They're in their yeah. own world. They're, Stanton's being paid out the fucking roof, and Judge is supposed to be a perennial MVP. So the magnifying glass isn't on Voight, but you know, a few more of these, he might be in that injury-prone category, and it might be time to look elsewhere, which hurts me to say because I absolutely love Luke Voight, but it's, it's the sad truth. I do think lefties we need uh, just because... Honestly, if you're building a team, I know lefties are not really around that much in baseball. It just there's more righties predominantly, I think. But you know, if you're any team, if, specifically if you're the Yankees, like why are you righty dominant when you're building this team? Why is why are you not at the very least if you're dominant to one side? Why isn't it lefty dominant? Why can't you just? <laughs> why isn't that the blueprint? Like I, I know I love all these guys on the team. Sometimes, but if if you're building a team, why did you go that way? When you were building it to begin with, why didn't you look for a bunch of guys who are lefties because that would play in your ballpark and you'd fucking win every game at home. And if you then you'll get the one seed, you'll play the World Series for more games at home. It just plays. I mean, I when you're building this team, we're in too fucking deep now to change, but I'm just saying maybe I agree with that too, and maybe times another idea. On the same note, who I think we can actually get. Oh, wow. This is a pretty good little light bulb. I don't think Freeman will be available. But who I do think would be available would be Matt Olson. I don't know if that would. Has anybody How know would Matt Olson be available? The A's they're, are they're in, like, in first place. place. Yeah, but they don't pay players once they turn into superstars. They let them go because that's the A's way. I don't know his contract situation. If somebody could look that up. but Or maybe we could look up after the show. If Matt Olson's contract is expiring in the next couple of years, I could totally see him being one of those players that just like outperforms being a, a Oakland athletic. And he just, he did his time because people play, playing on the, on the athletics and the Rays and all that shit like that is almost like an internship where you're trying to prove that you can play to the entire league. And then eventually someone will pay you. Like you'll get the, you'll get the full-time gig once you find out, oh, you show the world you can play a little bit. So that's what it seems like to me for the for the athletics with him. Same with Matt Chapman, who's not been playing too well this year. But, you know, after a while, when these guys start to play well, they get shipped off somewhere else. Sonny Gray played well, shipped off somewhere else because they don't want to pay these guys. So Olsen Matt Olson is still in the uh, beginning of arbitration. This was like his first okay, year of arbitration. Then somebody to eye <laughs> is Matt Olson going forward. because He's a young guy. He's a platinum glove at first base, and he's a lefty power bat. That is the premier person market down. Batting I, average, though. I want Matt Olson on the Yankees in 2025. Mark, you know, real Mark quick, it. something that just really depressed me about this lefty bat situation was Chris Russo talking about it the other day. Our lefty yeah, hitters, Brett Gardner and Tyler Wade. Sad. Oh, yeah. All oh, right, yeah, Russo. baby. Let's get to the next voicemail. All right, we got Joshua. What's up, Josh? up y'all it's your boy joshua varela from uh los Angeles, new mexico new mexico to new york showing some love so all i gotta say is that we need to get rid of that fool john carlo worst fucking contract ever worst trade ever 
don't know. He might be a big Yankee bust. I don't know. Like, really? Like, come on. Playing, like, when he's hot, he's hot. But when he's cold, he's cold. We need to do some things. Get Gary's happy ass out of there. Get and Like, we need to replace a bunch of people. We need to trade for a bunch of motherfucking big-ass pieces. But that's just my opinion. All right? Big fan of the show. Y'all stay safe out there. Go fucking Yankees. And, yes, we're going to keep Cole and Judge. Get rid of fucking everybody, though. Did he say get Gary's happy ass out of there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Appreciate the perfect. call. Appreciate the call, Joshua. If you want to make a call, 914-469-2168. Hit my line. But, um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't. I think we've talked about this at length before, so we don't want to get too much into this. But, I mean, this is one of the bad Cashman deals. And it's bad. And you know what's funny? They know it's bad because they're doing this thing to preserve him for the length of the contract because – they're giving him off days at DH. They number one, they DH'd him. So that was step one. So all right, you know, we got you as an outfielder. You're a good you're a good outfielder, but we want to keep you healthy. So we're gonna we're gonna pull back the pull back a little bit on you and have you DH every day. Now it got even further. Now we have we want to preserve you even more because how bad this contract is. So now we're gonna DH you every other day or give you an off day every third game or something like that. So it's it's a bad contract and we know that. And the Yankees know that too, and that's why they're doing this. And this, and when you say get rid of it, Joshua, there's there's no way to get rid of it. Like it's nobody there. nobody no wants one would take it. That. Everybody laughs at that deal. And you know he's great when he plays. And we see it last night. Last night he hits the two home runs, and he can do that. And he can just turn it on like nobody's business. Go going from hot to cold. But I mean, dude, nobody's gonna take this contract. He's, he's gonna be our problem for the length of the contract, and that'll be it. I mean. Maybe Obviously, so bad to the point where we have to. He's like the Chris. No, he's not going to be Chris Davis. But no, I mean, obviously, I can see you them buying foresee. him out in like the last year. But like, he's our problem. You can't see while. the injury stuff coming up. But I mean, they knew what they were getting when they got him. He was the DH to come in, the one missing piece to tie together that 2017 team that made it to one game of a World Series. He was going to come in, put the team over the top, and he actually played okay in 2018 and stayed on the field, but the rest of the team just kind of faltered behind him. And we ran into the best Red Sox team ever. So, you know, that sucks. Move on to 2019, everything like that. The injuries start piling up. I really think genuinely when they got him, he was there for 2018, 2019. That was what they got him for. Win now mode. That was what we want now is the win now guy. It just didn't work out, and now we're stuck with it. Yeah, I mean, listen, there's no not more to not much more, excuse me, to say about that because no. it's a problem to deal with. And when he's on the field, all we can do as Yankee fans is just love him unconditionally because he's he's our he's our problem. And when he does play, he plays well. And you just gotta hope, you gotta hope that he's available in the playoffs. And did you see him say, running the second yesterday? Dude, he was walked. Like, he walked. I thought, was gonna, I thought he was gonna get hosed, dude. <laughs> I thought he was gonna get hosed. That it, it, it wasn't like an easy walk to second thing. He ended up being like just waltzing in, but it, I thought for a second, dude, like, he hey, legit dude, just trotted in there. You might want to turn him on a little. He bit. ran slower on that than he does on home runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was bad. He um, basically moonwalked from first to second. Yeah, anyway. I thought he was gonna stay at first. To be honest, the way he was just running to first, I thought it. I thought it was he was hurt. He I thought he was hurt. Yeah, dude. Yep, yeah, that's just the way we are gonna deal with him. He's just. If, if again, if he's part, if he's part judge. of a World Series, if he's part of a World Series team, we win. Then like everyone forgets about it. But that's a big if. That's if the thing. He has if, the if we get there, 
if he has the postseason he had last year in route to a World Series, the whole narrative of his entire contract changes Just changes for the immediately. Yankees. Yeah. Just Bam. Oh yeah, that's the same thing with you know you get one guy you get Chapman for one year you win the World Series you lose him but you still got the World Series to show for it so I think this is the biggest one of the Yankees existence because of how bad they've been for such yeah. a long time and everybody knows it so this is it's a big one like I don't know so let's get to the next we have one more call and then we're gonna wrap it up yeah um this is from someone from Jersey. <laughs> good boys it's christina from jersey um all i have to say about the game game two of the yankees versus twin series is that score should not have been that close it should have been nine to two hell should have even been nine to nothing because the twins are literally god awful and let me just say we should launch brooks christie or Chris chris whatever you want to say into the sun there isn't a big enough spot on that sun for him to be letting up four runs in the ninth absolutely atrocious send them is that even the sun isn't even far enough. Literally, let him go. Thank you. Such a such so, a Chandler thing to say. I, I yeah, I was about to say that the too. Thank you at the end. The thank you at the end ties it all together. So but, with the sun though, with the sun though, Chandler, I don't. We've been sending a lot of people to the sun. I think the sun is a little bit occupied at the moment. I know right now we should we should keep track of this. Who's currently on the sun? You can make, you can make a graphic of. So yeah, Sessa is on the sun right yeah. now. Sessa's buried under the sun. <laughs> so. Wait, dude, wait did you see that? Did you see that? So wait, 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 wait. Let's see if there's room. Let's see if there's room. So who's currently on the I think the occupancy for the sun is probably like let's say five. So who's on, who's currently on the sun? Sessa, Mike Ford. Oh Mike, Mike Ford's on the sun. Fuck Mike Ford. I forgot. Mike about Ford's the, we core, could also, the core of the we sun. We could also send people to the moon. Maybe yeah. we maybe maybe well, we well, the moon's a good thing. Yeah, moon's that's a good where thing. Miggy's going. That's where that's where Doja's going. No, but you when you go to the moon, that's a good thing. But if you get sent to the moon, that's a different story. Uh, think, uh, we, that's too much worse. clutter. Yeah. All right. So sun. I don't is... want to segregate the moon between. <laughs> <good and bad. laughs> okay. So moon is a good thing. Sun is a bad thing. So right now we have Ford. We have Sessa on the sun. Uh, uh, Nick Nelson. You know why it's a good thing to be on the yeah. sun? Well, good to send bad people to the sun because maybe they get hot. There you go. I think it's come back. Wait. Because we did, oh, that was that was a perfect thing because he sent Chad Green to the to the sun and then he came back and he was hot. Remember that whole thing two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I think there I think there is room on the sun. So let's send Chris to the sun. He can go to the sun. I just don't know if he's a big enough name to go to the sun. Yeah, but, the sun would be like, I don't really know who you are. Um, just kind of keep keep going. Come back. Just keep come going. Back when yeah. You're good. Yeah. Just like have him evaporate on the way up to the sun and we just won't see him again. Like Mike Ford deserves to be on the sun for eternity. <laughs> Wait, did, he needs you, to he has a towel laid down in the fucking flames. Did you see Ooh, the uh beef. did you see the comment at Chandler? Oh Which, yeah. Uh, oh, yesterday. yesterday. You have it pulled up? Yeah, I have it. It was the tweet for, or the for DM DM for Chandler especially. In a hypothetical World Series Game Seven, would you rather have Sessa closing the game or Mike Fort up bottom of nine runners on second and third with one uh, down one with two outs? Is there an option C where I can <laughs> stab my eyes out? <laughs> okay, so my justification for this one, real quick, was Sessa. No, this is fun. We can make a clip out of this. It's... Okay, well, Sessa. Let me read that fun. a little bit better for the clip. Yeah, sorry, I was laughing. Sorry, I was laughing. Sorry, too much. sorry for the people listening to the podcast, but we're definitely making a clip out of this. So I'll read it a little <laughs> bit better. So, for Chandler especially, in a hypothetical World Series Game Seven, would you rather have Sessa closing the game out 
or Mike Ford up, bottom of the ninth, runners on second and third, down one with two outs. Okay, so ideally, neither. I would rather literally lose my sight for the rest of my life. But if I had to pick one, I guess Sessa for the sole reason that the other team can fuck it up. Mike Ford is a guaranteed out no matter what. Sessa, at least, you know... They can watch strike three go by or they can accidentally swing and pop it up when they try and hit a home run because it's just a fucking meatball. Mike Ford, there's no getting around that. He is a guaranteed strikeout or pop up to the catcher. Sessa, let the other people fuck it up. Dude, I still don't have faith in that, but dude, both, Mike... are, both are current members of the Sun. So yeah. So they're those, tanning next to each other. They're the holding it down the on the sun. They were sent. Brooks Krisky is on his way up there to hang out with Mike Ford and Sessa so he could say what's up. But yeah. Dude, Mike God. Ford would find a way to hit into a double play in that situation. With Ron, on the sun. With Ron's on second and third. He would find a Might way to a, hit into a oh, double yeah. play. Well, what would happen was he would hit a ground ball. Be th- the guy would be thrown out at home. And then he would be sitting there trying to fucking eat first base and get tagged out at fucking first. Yeah. All right, I think that'll do it for us. Thank you for the voicemails. I love the voicemails, dude. I think there are a Keep lot them of coming. Fun. Keep them coming. I, I fucking love them because I love hearing the people that listen to the pod. I love having you guys get involved. I'm sure you guys love hearing your voice on the pod too. And it helps us out, gives us some topics to talk about that we wouldn't necessarily have thought of on our own. So 914-469-2168. Give us a ring. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know where you're from and what your name is. Because if you don't, we'll just assume what your name is, and I'm not too great at guessing. Based on your voice, like just guess. Because we we had a Nick last week. I think we had a Josh. I'm not very creative. I picked the cookie cutter names, but let us know your name and where you're from. And yeah, and if you're on the podcast app, make sure you give us a five star rating and review. If you want to write something, we could read that on the podcast too. It'll make but, your name stand out more on a voicemail too. That just too. Saying. And also, me and Dan were talking about a little bit. So for the people who made it this far into the podcast, you guys are the real ones. So we'll let you guys know because you guys are probably going to be the ones that are going to be doing this. And I didn't tell Chandler this either. So I, just I know. Apparently, I'm just out, not a part of it anymore. Holding out on Chandler. But we, we're going to try What's to do new? something trivia related. Uh, we haven't specified or we haven't worked out the specifics on it yet. But some, it's going to be something along the lines of you guys, the listeners, playing trivia against us. And I think we could have Chandler be the host. You could dress up in like a tie, a suit, and everything like that. And we have a trivia board. And you guys can give us the trivia questions. Like just send them in to us and we do that. We can make a little podcast about that and post it as well. And we could do that live or whatever the fuck. But that's an idea that I wanted to peel back the curtain a little bit and show people. What if you guys have any doing. suggestions, send it. Happy for segments? Think. For anything? No, for that. Well, oh, I was just for saying. what to do for the, for the trivia. Yeah, because yeah. they're the ones playing the trivia. Yeah, so you guys can play against us in trivia, and who doesn't love trivia? doesn't necessarily have to be about the Yankees trivia. It could be just baseball or just trivia in general. A couple questions that are just about like you know the diameter of the sun. But uh, <laughs> How but, many yeah. Yankee fans can fit? I mean, how many Yankee players can fit on the sun? That would be a good question for those who listen to the podcast because the answer is five. So... That would be that. Let's hold on to that one for when we do this because that's a specific to our podcast question. But also, one last thing for housekeeping I usually should do this at the top of the show, but we're just going to do them at the end. Uh, if you like watching videos, we have a full, <laughs> full video <laughs> podcast on our YouTube. Go subscribe to the Bronx Pinstripes YouTube. 
all the episodes are usually streamed there. When we can figure out technology today, it's not, but it will be posted to YouTube. So go do that. We appreciate you guys and go yet. All the guys at 161st Street, I just have two words for you. See ya. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.